All right. Good evening, everyone. What a joy to be able to come up and uh, share with the fellowship and uh, just get into God's word tonight and uh, just pray for uh, Mike as he recovers from coming back from Peru. I know what that was like. It's a brutal, it's a brutal trip going down and coming back. And Zach's still down there, right? Yeah. So pray for those guys as they're down there that uh, the Lord would just use them and anoint them uh, for those moments that when you step out in faith and then you find underneath that rock. And that's exactly what happens when you go out like that with, uh, with a mission in mind. So uh, let's pray and we're going to get into God's word tonight and look over some things I'm, I'm going to as this is going to be a topical so anything about a topical if you know it's it's like you're all over the map you know but you have a central focus and so we're going to go we're going to have a, a trip through the scriptures we're going to be in the old and we're going to be in the new and we're going to be in the current and we're going to be everywhere but we but we have one application and the application is this is that our faith in what God has given to us that first of all you're going to hear trust him and second of all you're going to hear a lot about turning it over and allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to infill infill you and infuse in you the abilities of God to do the things of God because within us we don't have that ability but we need his help so that's where we're going tonight so give you just a preface of where we are let's pray Father, we thank you that, uh, Lord, your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Lord, it's the, the, the uh, discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of men and women, Lord. And so tonight we ask that, Lord, you would uh, be our teacher. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here to give us guidance, to give us understanding, to undertake uh, your word and open it up to our hearts and minds so that, Lord, we may be useful vessels in the service of our King. So, Father, we ask that you would take us now and let us hear what you would have, have us to hear, Lord, that we'd be the church, to hear what the Spirit would say. And so we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, that we could hear you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, uh, I'm going to share a little bit tonight about uh, the trying of our faith. We, we have different scriptures that speak to that issue about the trying of our faith and, and what to do when your, your abilities are exhausted. You've come to the end of yourself, you've come to the end of your abilities. I don't know if, about you, but I've had that experience quite a few times in my life. Uh, uh, Psalm says, when my heart is overwhelmed, t- uh, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. And there's a place where we all need to come, and I have been there, and I know many of you have too. Um, but this is where God steps in. This is where the Lord intervenes. You know, you remember uh, the, the, when challenged this young man, Jesus said to him, you'd believe? And he says, Lord, I believe, but what? Help my unbelief. And that speaks to all of us. There's places that we believe. We, we hear God's word. We hear, uh, you know, that we are to trust God. We're to take those steps of faith. And we, you know, that's all well and good. And it is what we should do. But there's got to be something that holds me up. I, 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 I doubt too much. I need, to have, I need to have the one who holds me up. I need to have the strength and the power of God himself to hold me up. You know, in the beginning, you know, when uh, Satan came to Eve, he challenged Eve with, with, did God really say, hath God said? 
what did he do? He challenged God's word. He challenged what God said. Did God really say that? And, and you see, that's been the challenge to us even to this very day. Did God say that? What are the promises? Are these the promises? Does God work everything together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose? Is that true? Does that really happen? You're going through a trial. Something happens and there's a, 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 a situation that you're in. It's a trying of our faith. It's a trying of our hope that we trust this, this loving God who says he loves us and he's there and Satan's going, no, he doesn't. But see, the trying of our faith is always the same. And, and, and what does God's word have to say about that in the trying of our faith is that we come to him. Those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so we need to turn to God. And as we turn to God, it's a, it's a fight. And this is where the good fight of faith begins. You've heard that from Romans when Paul's talking about fighting the good fight of faith. It's where we surrender our strength and our abilities our strengths uh, uh, that we have to the strengths and abilities of God. How much does he have? He has infinite amount of strength and ability. And so, but see, sometimes it's easier said than done, isn't it? You know, just trust God. I mean, you've been in those situations, God, somebody says, uh, you know, just trust God. Just trust God, you know, and then they go away fat, dumb, and happy, you know, and, and you're sitting there just struggling in your own self. But the word of God, the, is, like it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, we be, saw in the beginning, Eve was challenged with this very fact, the word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then in James chapter 1, verse uh, 2 and 3, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So we hear, the, we hear our faith, uh, we have the testing of our faith, and then in Hebrews 11.1, 1, we all know this, I'm preaching to the choir because you've got a good teacher that comes up here and teaches you every Sunday, and you've heard these verses, I know. And so Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we have hearing, testing, and substance hoped for of the evidence of that. And also in 1 Peter, which I, I didn't get up there, but... First Peter chapter one, verse six and seven, it says that the trying of our faith is much more precious than dirt. Come on, you guys. Gold. Yeah, it's much more precious than gold. Now, now you look at the book of Acts, you look in the book of Acts and as you see, you see men in there who were totally sold out to God. And these men, as they took their faith, they took it to the limit. And you will be challenged, I will be challenged to take our faith to limit, to the limit. So tonight we're going to look at some of the aspects of that, taking our faith to the, to the limit in spiritual battles. How many of you are in spiritual battles at this very moment? I, I know I'm, I'm looking around, I'm going, you know what? If you're not, then you need to get up and walk with the Lord because spiritual battles are a part of who we are. It's every single day there's a spiritual battle. I wake up with a spiritual battle. I sleep in a spiritual battle. Goodness sake, help me, Lord. But see, uh, we're going to look at that. Now, it's, I, I want to just share with you is that it's God's desire that our faith 
and love would grow to where we wouldn't be afraid to take our faith to the limit. Now, I'm not talking about uh, name it and claim it or grab it and blab it, you know, or, or positive confessors, you know. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone who desires to serve the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind and all their strength. The Shema of Israel. The word Shema comes from the first word Israel. It means hear and obey. Hear and obey, Israel. The Lord your God is one. The Lord is one. Echad, the, the, the singularity, polarity of God. So I'm talking to those who want to serve the Lord. In Matthew chapter 21, uh, verses 28 through 31, uh, Jesus challenges these two sons, or he speaks of these two sons that were challenged to go out and work. And he says in verse 28, But what do you think? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterwards he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second son and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, the first. Throughout scriptures, we're going to find that God has shown that through his servants and through those who were called, what it means to take faith to the limit. Take faith to the limit. I, I know the experience of stepping out and coming in and planning a church, and I know Mike and Megan do too. You leave where you are and there's nothing in front of you and step out into the seemingly void and find a rock underneath. You, 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 you come and you take those places. And it's a wonderful challenge. Let me tell you this. I'm not trying to paint a dark picture. I'm trying to bring a bright picture of what it means to take your faith to the limit. If God says this is the way to go, guess what? This is the way to go. And there is that place to take in your faith to the limit. And it's to be totally sold out to God. To totally get, get, take your abilities to the limit and then say, okay, God, here it is. I'm done. I'm done. A good example is found in Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar had made this idol and he commanded everyone that they should bow down to this idol. And there were three Hebrews who refused to uh, obey him. And they took their abilities and their faith to the limit. In verse 15 it says, now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who, who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abingo answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now, we're talking extreme here. This is a life and death situation. Not many of us go into that situation where we live, you know. But I'll tell you what, a trial is a trial. And the same faith and the same experience that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 
faced in the fiery furnace, you and I faced in the small things, believing God that he will provide, believing God that he works everything together for the good. It doesn't seem like it. How can this happen? My child is sick. How can this happen? My little chihuahua is very sick. I mean, what's the difference? It's trusting God and believing God that he is able to do above and exceedingly above whatever you think or you can imagine. That's our God. We sang about him tonight. The battle belongs to him. And coming this and taking our faith, that's the good fight of faith. Bringing it back to God. So no matter what Nebuchadnezzar said, they were ready to take their faith to the limit. They were ready to take their abilities to the limit. And uh, we're challenged with that same thing today and where we live in this world today. To take our abilities and our faith to limit. You're going to be challenged. And the day as the, the, Lord, uh, the Lord's day approaches, gets closer, it's going to be the same. Where are you going to stand in those moments when they come and say, you know what, it's illegal to sit back and preach the word again. It's going to, where are you going to stand when it says the pastor is going to be put in jail? Where, is it going to, where are you going to stand when the Bibles are being outlawed? You know, I mean, we live in a world that hates us. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He hates you and me. He doesn't want you to know the truth of the power and the love of God in his word. He doesn't want the word to come forth in power and strength. He doesn't want that. So if he can shut that off, just like he did with the Israelites to try to kill them off and exterminate them, you know what? We're no, we're no different. We believe in the same living God. We believe the one who delivered Israel is the one who was able to deliver us like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, so we will not bow down and serve the gods of this world. We'll not give in to them. Whether God is God or not, we need to sit back and trust that he is who he says he is. And how do we do that? Well, we do that just like we said in the beginning. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Get underneath the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Open up the word of God. In chapter 4 of Esther, Esther was taken to the, to the limit in her faith and her abilities. It was only after she had come to that end of her abilities and her, herself that she realized that she needed something greater than herself. And so she said, you know the famous words, if I perish, I perish. Wow. This woman... This woman is an inspiration. She was ready to surrender her life. If I perish, I perish. She'd come to the end of her abilities and put her trust and hope and faith in God. She says, if I perish, I perish. And then let's go. Do your worst. You know, I mean, I love that. I love that challenge. Do your worst because, you know, I've got the best. I've got the true and living God, the king of the universe who's on my side. Now, Joshua, in Joshua chapter 24 Joshua's faith was challenged. And now listen to his response. And then take note of the response of the people. There's two responses here, and I want you to focus in on two responses. In verse 14, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served 
that were on the other side of the river, river or the gods of the Amorites in whom, whose land you dwell. But as for me, and we all know this one, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, just like you, you know, hey, we're going to serve the Lord. For be it from us that we should forsake the Lord or serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is he who brought us. That sounds good so far, doesn't it? Sounds really good. These guys sound like, oh, we're on fire. We're going we're gonna to serve the Lord. The people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the bondage, house of bondage, who, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us all, preserved in, preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwell in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Now that sounds like a good testimony. I mean, it's a good testimony. It's a truthful testimony. But unlike Esther, these people failed in their taking their faith in the Lord to the limit. These people failed. Like many, they talked a good talk. They, they, they didn't match up with what they were saying. Because later on, they sit back and they say, we're not going to forsake the Lord. If anything, we're going to dedicate even more of our lives to him. We're not going to be like our fathers who served these other gods. The Lord is the one who saved us. The Lord is the one who delivered us. I'm paraphrasing this right here. We will serve him. We love the Lord. Well, he's, they're saying all of this. And in one minute, they're all caught up in a high emotion. Just like in a football game, you know. Go to football games. I, I know what it's like when I played high school and college ball. It's all emotions. Everything's running high. But something happens. You know, they left their brains at the door. They checked out. Because, see, they failed to count the cost of what it means to follow and walk with God. Jeremiah 17.9 tells us that we don't even know how desperately deceitful and wicked our hearts can be. One minute they were saying, yeah, God, we're with you. Yeah, we're with you. And we're, we love the Lord. And in the next minute, they're worshiping all these pagan gods and these pagan idols. Even the priests, even the servants who were dedicated to serve the Lord were following after them. Now, what's that say to us? We're not above it. Not one of us is above it. None of us are above falling into sin. I mean, God is greater, greater is he that's in me than he is in the world. I got, I got the great God of the king of the universe, but I'm still susceptible to the pull and the draw of the temptation and the struggle of sin. Every one of us are. We all. Because the Bible says we are. We're not above it. It doesn't matter who it is. No, no one is immune of that pull. But see, this is where the victory begins. There's only one who can help us with the temptation struggle with sin. And we know who that is. The great victor who rose from the dead, Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do... Is that really? Really? Come on, nothing, there's nothing. We can't, without him, we can do nothing. And Paul speaks to the same issue in Romans chapter 7, verse 18. For I know that is in me. Now we're talking about who we are, you know. You know, a lot of times it's, it's a primrose and pansies 
type of Christianity, you know, it's, what was it called? Uh, John Corson called it sloppy agape, you know? <laughs> it, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, oh, we're yeah. No, man, this is a battle. We're in a fight. For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh. There's a confession going on here, right? Paul's bringing a confession of, about himself. In my flesh, nothing good dwells. To be honest, brutally honest, that's who we are. There's nothing good in me. The only thing that's good in me is Jesus. All the rest of it is, is, is dirt bag. That's all it is. It's dirt bag. Nothing good dwells. For, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For, I, for the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. For if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it or does it, but sin that dwells in me. And then in verse 24, it says, O wretched man that I am. He's looking back and he's seeing who he is. And that's a reflection as, as 2 Corinthians 13, 5. So only examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Well, if you're in the faith and you're looking at it and you're seeing your struggles, you're going to say, O wretched man that I am. Who's going to help me? Who's going to help me in this walk, this spiritual walk? Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You and I can't make it without the help, as I said in the beginning, without the help of Jesus Christ and the infilling power of the Holy Spirit. We need to constantly be cultivating those two factors in our lives. Jesus, I need you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Jesus, I need you, Holy Spirit, and constantly doing that. Because you know what we are like? We're like sieves. You've heard that analogy. You're a sieve and you leak all the time. And you sit back and as you're walking along and this leaking goes about, it, that's good. You want to be a leaking sieve of, of the love and the presence of the power of God. That's good. Leak all over the place. Just spread it all around. But the problem is, is you get empty. And that's where coming in into the word into prayer, into fellowship, being amongst other believers, being encouraged, encourage one another. That's where you begin to fill the sieve back up again, being filled with the Holy Spirit. But back to this, this situation with Joshua. The Israelites had made a brash statement in saying that they wouldn't forsake the Lord, now that they would serve him. It, it's like the unfaithful son said, I'll go, I'll go, but he didn't. The other one said, I'm not going to go, but he did. It's like that unfaithful son. History records that their uncommitment, and we, we've gone through this as Mike has taken us through the Old Testament, their uncommitment would cost them their lives and their freedom. That's a, that's a word to us. Uncommitted hearts to take them to the limit, that's a danger. James 4, 7 there says this, and this is when the enemy's involved with the sinful nature that he comes to us and he tempts us in that temptation struggle with sin. James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I can't even resist without God's help. I, I, I can't even do it without him. God help me. I turn to God. I believe God. I call upon God. And it's God, as he comes to, to me, is I'm submitting to, to God. It's because God is coming to me that the devil leaves. And the temptation begins to be broken. If you're in a situation and it's a situation of temptation, 
You need to have allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill you. Call on Him. He is your helper. He has been called alongside to help you and me. In the book of Ezekiel in chapter 47, coming to the end. Yep, I've got a few minutes. <laughs> chapter 47 is Ezekiel. In this chapter, God has taken Ezekiel and he's taking him back to the temple. And he's gone back to the temple and he's, as he's there, he's told him to measure the water that's flowing from under the threshold of the temple. And he says to him in verse 3, When the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters came up to my ankles. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. So he's up to here right now. Again he measured 1,000 and brought me through the water, came up to my waist. So he's up here. Okay, you got to get a visual picture of what's going on. Again, he measured 1,000, and, and it was a river, and it could not be crossed, for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim. So in other words, it's over his head. A river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there, along the bank of the river where were very many trees on one side. There were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region. Go down into the valley and enter the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. As you look here and you notice what God's doing, when the Lord's leading Ezekiel, and he's slowly leading him deeper and deeper into the water. Deeper and deeper into the situation until he came to the place where the water was over his head and he couldn't cross. He'd reached his limit. Sometimes we feel like that. Takes us in and we get in over our head and, and whatever it is, whatever circumstance, it's over my head. I can't handle it. It's after he reached his limit that the Lord asked him, Son of man, have you seen this? Do you see what's going on here? That's a good question. Lord, what's going on here when you're in those situations? And what he saw was that the river was flowing towards the Dead Sea. And when it reached the Dead Sea, that the waters healed the Dead Sea and the Dead Sea became alive. The, the point here that's being made, it was only after he had reached his limit that he was able to see what God was really doing. Isn't that cool? Sometimes when I'm at the end of myself, I've reached my limit. I don't know what to do. But my eyes are on you, Chronicles says. I've reached my limit. I don't know what to do, God. I don't know about this situation. I don't know what to do. The very thing that was over his head was the very thing God was using to bring the healing to his life, to the nations, to your life, to my life. The very thing. Jesus Christ, through the work and the power of the Holy Spirit, is the one who will bring the strength and the healing to your heart. Forgiveness. Maybe there's forgiveness that needs to take place and you can't forgive. It's hard. Sometimes the hurt and the pain is so deep 
Forgiveness is running so hard and your heart is hard. It's through the healing of the power of the work of God, the very thing that He's leading you into is to bring you to that place for healing and strengthening of your heart. Many times we need to get in over our heads. Many times we need to have it, the limits go past where we are and let Jesus take over. Let the Lord take over. Joshua said, remember, choose this day whom you will serve, either the gods of this world or the Lord. And ultimately, Jesus set the example for this in, in what he said in Matthew 16, verses 24, when he said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus is calling us to be a bunch of losers. Lose your life. Lose what you're trying to hang on to. Let God be God. See, it's only after we've exhausted everything and are willing to let go and give up and exchange our life for faith in His that we begin to, to, to experience something that He said about abundant life. Until then, we're all shook up. We've been taken to our ability, the, the limit of our abilities. And like Ezekiel, we find when we're at that limit, we find like what Ezekiel found, that in Christ there is no limit. There is no limit. Philippians 4.13. We all love this one. And we all quote it like crazy. But the thing is, is that do we, do we stand on it? Do we trust it? Do we step out in it? Do we allow him to empower us in it? I, I need it. I can't, you know what, I can't. Uh, Jeremiah said, Cursed is the man who puts his trust in mankind and makes flesh his strength and whose heart has departed from the Lord. I can't put my trust in anyone except for Jesus Christ because everyone will fail you. I'll fail you. Everyone will fail us in one way or another, but God will never fail you. You can take your, your, all your confidence and trust and hope in him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't say anybody else. It says Jesus. I'm looking to him. And Jesus told us that in this world you will have tribulations, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. That means that if Jesus overcame the world, I'll overcome it too. But only through him, only through him and the power of the Holy Spirit. So spiritual victories can be broken down into two basic things. Two basic things. Coming to the end of your abilities and turning and totally trusting and relying upon Jesus. That's where you get the victory. It's like Petra's old song. For the, I'm talking to the old folks now. Beyond belief. Beyond belief. See, none of you young guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Taking your faith beyond belief. Maybe you're here tonight and you're in a heavy spiritual battle. Um, you've exhausted your abilities. Uh, you even think you've exhausted your faith in God. And still there's no answer. Have you ever had that happen? You pray. And it's silent. But let me tell you this. God is working. God isn't silent he hears you. He hears the groaning of your heart. And when you're groaning in your prayer, He hears what you're trying to say. 
And Jeremiah 17.10 says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I love that. I test the mind. I test the way you're thinking. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. So Jesus is calling you to come to him. I, you know, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir because I know this is Wednesday night and we're, we're standing here because we want to be encouraged. And, but you know what? We're not above being uh, needful in the respect of a challenge. I know I am. I know I need help, you know. So he's calling and, and calling us to lose in that situation. Give up. Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4 talks about entering into his rest, ceasing from our labors, ceasing from trying to make this thing and trust and my faith and all that. Let go and let God. Trust him. Take your life and faith to the limit and put your trust in him. So we have hearing the word of God. We have trusting in the word of God. And then we have confident hope in the word of God. So where does it all come back to? Did God really say? It's what the word of God says, right? It's what he says, not what anybody else says. It's what God says. Father, we thank you that, Lord, we can count on you. We look to you. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And we look to you tonight, Lord, for um, really new beginnings in many situations, Lord. And we ask that, God, that you would uh, take us and lead us, guide us now as we take time for prayer. And, Lord, allow you, Holy Spirit, to speak and, and through those and through someone, Lord, that would bring a word or a prayer or just an encouragement, Lord, tonight. Because there's someone here that needs to hear that word, Father. I know you spoke to me, that, Lord, that many of these already know all this. And, and uh, yet there's someone, there's going to be one person that needed to hear the encouragement from you tonight. So I pray for that as we take a time to just listen to you and call upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we'll take time as we do on Wednesday nights as Pastor Mike does, and I, I appreciate him allowing me to, to be a part of this. So I just let the Lord speak. If, you've, if you have a prayer, you have a word of encouragement, you have something that the, the Holy Spirit has prompted you to, to share with us. Just know, if you hold back, you can hold back from the healing of the flow of, of, of the Spirit of God to a heart that needs to be touched by Him. So, let's all pray.